Oh, like right now? Yeah. My name is Kenneth W. Paramore. I am the founder of Christ Center Church, also known as Christian Revival and Discipleship Center. I have a doctoral degree, uh, a D-man, and I am also a bishop in the Lord's Church. Sarah Kayla, his niece. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I am a trained attorney. I am an advocate. I am a minister in the church. And I just got adopted into the media ministry. What about the NAACP? I'm the president of Cleveland's branch of the NAACP. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right. So today we're going to start off and we're going to talk about the state of the black church. Um, you've been in the church all your life and I've been in the church all of my short life. And so you go first. Oh. Your memories will be closer. <laughs> <laughs> your memories will be closer. Yeah. Um, so growing up in a apostolic Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. um, saw... I saw the I saw the pendulum swing. So I definitely came up where it was holiness or hell. Um, you got saved because you were afraid of going to hell. And it was rules and um, regulations that kept us fearful of stepping outside of the bounds. Um, it was a lot of us in my age group at the time when we grew up and Unfortunately, as I look back, it's only a handful of us that have remained a part of the mm. body of Christ. Um, or I should say remained in local community within church. Do you think it's the rules that caused that? The strictness? For sure. Okay. Um, but in my adulthood, I realized that the rules should have served as guardrails for us to keep on this walk mm-hmm. and I chuckled because I talked to my um, my oldest friend and I'm like we sound like old mothers that like holiness is still right mm-hmm. and you know when we look at our peers or, or, or the state of the world it's like really cringy to think um, how far away we have gone and strayed and so I think the current state is the state of the black church in the United States. I feel like it's weakening. Mm. I feel like we have come up off of our morals and standards. I feel like, um, fathers are not fathering. Fathers have left the, the, the stage through transition death and we don't have fathers or people who should be fathers are not fathering. Um, you look at folks and you think they should be further along than they are. And, um, it really makes us wonder where our power lies or it makes me wonder. And so that's what I think about the current state, um, with all of its issues of yonder years, we had 
people who were committed to the church. We had people who um, believed in uh, the ministry and the leadership. And we don't see that anymore. I, I think a couple of things. The first thing is, now you were in the PAW. Yeah. I grew up Baptist. Obviously not as strict, but the basic rules were there because I think a lot of those, a lot of that strictness wasn't just coming from religion or church. A lot of it was where we were at as people. Some of those rules weren't just biblical. They were where we were at as people. And the reason I'm I'm saying that is because obviously the Baptist church isn't as strict, but we had the same hiatus. The people I grew up in church with left church and they left church for a decade or more mm-hmm. to come back grown, uh, still, still talking that religious talk or the training after dodging it for a decade or more. So I think it's interesting that um, we come from different places, yet the same place, that we both said, you know what, I'm out of here. Mine started when I went to college. I just stopped going to church because I could. Being raised in church, being disciplined in it, I stopped going because I could because there was nobody there to wake me up and make me go. Mm -hmm. So I just stopped going. Um, And in that, I can't say bad habits developed. My bad habits developed while I was yet in church serving. Mm. Uh, And I think that was because of what you're saying. Now, my experience was we didn't have the mentorship in church. We had fear, manipulation, but not mentorship. And I, I agree with you that the state of the church is weakened because we're now confronted with a generation that is not afraid and refuse to be manipulated. Hmm. We respected authority just because it was authority. You didn't have to be right or wrong. You just had to have the title. And that made us respect you. Where we are now, you can't just pull up with a title. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't have to do something. You don't have to show something. And, and I think the lack of... Um, character behind positions is what is causing the church to become weaker and weaker and weaker. How do we get clowns with positions (laughs) and no character? How do we get them? Yeah. When When did we become okay with that? See, the notion the notion of church and religion I think is driven by something other than God. I think God, unfortunately, is 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 uh, uh, what what do we call it? A side, not the entree. Mm. I, I think that as we begin to splinter and develop our denominations, I think we're after something else other than God. I think we're after control and we're after leadership and we're after a place. And I think that becomes the primary thing and God becomes secondary. And so now it's much like politics, who can maneuver the best, who can pull people on their side uh, the more. And I think that the church has become a very clear 
microcosm of the political scene at large. We're much more political than we are spiritual. Yeah. I think we've embraced and, and adopted the way of the world. And that's how we get, as you so eloquently put it, <laughs> so many clowns <laughs> in church. And there are clowning. Yeah. There's a lot of clowning going on uh, in the place of preaching, in the place of discipline, in the place of mentoring, in the place of teaching. There's a lot of clowning going on. And that won't get any better as long as the pinnacle of success for the clergyman or clergywoman is stellar success. I want I want a big church. I want a bigger platform. I want notoriety. I want more likes. I want more friends. I want more. As long as that is the goal, I think we will become weaker. That's my that's my opinion on it. So I know like some weeks ago we talked about the one pastor who was up in the pulpit cussing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I was so vexed. Not because he was cussing, <laughs> but because some of the elders in the gospel was on Facebook or uh, Insta or whatever. And after he issued an apology, like a week later, mm-hmm. like he wasn't, he didn't slip up and cuss. He wow. tripled down. He may have been in his manuscript. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to town. Yeah, he was Jesus. going to town. And so I'm like, all right, it's another clown in the pulpit, right? Mm-hmm. It comes with the territory. We see it. And, I, and social media allows us to see it way more. But I was so vexed because of the elders in the church who was under his post the following week. Like, oh, you good. Thanks for the apology. All the comments. Yeah. Condone. Yeah. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. I understand. You know, I cussed myself. And yeah, absolutely. He was in, in one force. And not just elders. I won't say their names, but but notable celebrities right, right, right. and notable leaders in the church were all saying, hey, all of us have done, all of us have done this, all of us. Not understanding that this dude is representing a position. Right. Not in church. He's representing a position in Christ. Right. It's not just the church. It's a position in Christ. And, and, and if he, if he, certainly if he was going to fall or fail, it shouldn't have been like that. And he shouldn't have doubled down, which led me to believe when we talked about it, somebody made him apologize. I don't know what leader. I don't know what person. I don't even know if it was somebody said it ain't a good look in the church. But to come back that far away from the incident and apologize Somebody probably told him it'd be best if you apologize. Uh, but I don't think in his heart, I think he meant everything he said. And see, the issue with that for me is like, so I come from the church where you mess up, you sit down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't, you cannot, there has to be a changed heart. And it's not enough to be like, oh, I'm sorry that I was. Sitting people down is out of style. <laughs> Do you get sued for that now? Uh, no, you don't. But I, I'm saying what a a mentor of mine said to me. Uh, he communicated to your aunt, Pastor Lita, that tell Kenny to stop all that discipline stuff. That ain't nobody doing that no more. He gonna have an empty church. That that's a real thing he said. 
Now, to that end, my church has never been empty, but the person who said it, their church is empty. Because I think the end result, Kayla, is people still want the right thing. People don't come to church looking for the wrong thing. We have to indoctrinate them with a hybrid religion. That's mm-hmm. not right. We have to, we, when they come, I believe they come with purity, looking for Jesus, looking for a way to straighten out their life. And we give them something less than that. Mm-hmm. And they end up locking into the lesser mm-hmm. and, and being cheated uh, and never getting what they came for. But people really think church discipline is, 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 out, of, is out of order, is out of style. But we need discipline or we cannot have disciples. Mm. So discipleship has been like central and core to your ministry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And it's a term yeah. that we don't talk and about. And that might be why I don't have, why I don't have a mega church. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be it. That could really be it. Because it requires discipline. It, it, and not cor- corporate discipline. Self-discipline. The idea is not to be this taskmaster at church and you're making everybody do what they're supposed to do because then they're only going to act right in church. Mm -hmm. The idea is to expose them to the love of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. to the power of the Holy Ghost, so that they will themselves become their own police. Mm It's, I, I need to live better than this. I need to do better than this. But if they're only doing what I'm asking them to do or what the Bible says do so they can sing or so they can preach or so they can sit with the elders or so they can, it's really false. It's, or so they can make it to heaven. Or, well, see, now that, that, that whole thing has passed. I think that's what I grew up with, you grew up with, but I think that's gone. I don't think people are pressed about going to heaven. Really? No, because this generation of the church, they're automatically going. They think because they literally just say, I love Jesus, it's a wrap, they in, they're shooing. Because we have really dummied down what it means to try to walk out your salvation. People don't agonize over what you agonize over. That's because you come from a, you are the baby you're the baby. You're the last group. Your age is the last group of the people who really came up in a true Pentecostal environment. Um, I am the last generation of the old school preacher that believed discipline was in order. And it's mixed because half of those who are in my class, in my school, they don't believe it. They'd rather keep their pews full of people than their people full of the spirit. And, and that's just kind of, but people ain't pressed about heaven. Not like you. You know who you talk to. Honey, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to the lake. See, that, that thing has to be put in you and it has to be respected. It can't just be putting you with fear, but you got to have it resonate with word and preaching and prophecy and Sunday school and singing and all of those things build it up, Right undergirds it so it sits there for real but the people we're talking about in church now the majority of people they don't go to Sunday school they don't go to Bible study they don't have vacation Bible school 
They don't have groups of, of ministry in church that require them to have a witness outside of the church doors. Ain't doing that no more. Just come on in. Let's have a good time. Then you can go back home. And so I think that's why it's missing so much. Accountability is not there in the church. Accountability isn't there. And, and I think that that is what weakens the church. Mm. That we are only accountable to ourselves, not to each other, certainly not to the Lord. Um, and we feel like we can do every and anything and still make it to heaven. I was pressed about heaven. I was nervous about going to hell. I was nervous about not making it in. Um, and, and the older I get, now I'm pressed. I was pressed about not going to hell. Now I'm pressed about getting to heaven mm -hmm. because I'm on the other side of it now. And I got people I want to see mm -hmm. and I want to hear him say, well done. And I got all that going on. But the, the majority of people ain't sweating what we even talking about. This could get booed when people watch it. People might be like, they tripping. Okay, we'll bury it in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the sack. Listen, listen, this could get booed. This could, we might want to play this one second or third because people ain't, they ain't on that. They don't want to hear that. They want to, see, they want to hear something intellectual. Uh, uh, here's something that supports their point of view. Here's something that forgives and sustains a current lifestyle that does not line up with scripture. That's what people are, are, are wanting to hear. And, and we're giving it to them. Because our worst nightmare is not people going to hell. Our worst nightmare is an empty church. And that's something. The preachers who preach to you didn't care if their churches were full. They didn't want people going to hell. Yeah, that's true. They, they just, they didn't want to see people go to hell. And they preached hard and they preached deliberate and they preached with conviction because I'm trying to keep people out of hell. We switched from that and now we are preaching so that the church ain't empty. Yeah, but you, just a couple of months ago, you was preaching hard and with conviction because you didn't want people to go to hell, but you said you got a revelation. Can you talk about what's Which revelation? About straight and narrow is the way. And that's oh, yeah. that. See, see here, here's, here's the thing. I started watching uh, our congregations, both the one here uh, in Barbara and the one in Youngstown, and I heard Jesus say, you have to preach salvation. So to, to preachers who would hear this, it's not just enough to do good preaching. Whatever you're preaching will be that of its own kind, mm -hmm. right? Seed so, and harvest. Oh, absolutely. So if the seed you're sowing in your preaching is joy and praise and worship, you will see that manifest in the church. Nobody gets saved, but they'll be happy. Nobody will get saved, but, but they'll be full of joy and expressive about it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why you, ha you have to have balance in your preaching. If, if I preach prosperity, that will follow suit. I will see people doing the disciplines to become prosperous. Mm -hmm. If I preach forgiveness, I will create a loving atmosphere where people are more forgiving and more tolerant of other people's behavior. But none of those will produce 
new believers. To produce new believers, I have to literally preach salvation. This is what salvation means. This is what salvation is. And the revelation God gave me was, Paramount preach salvation because people are missing it. No, we're not talking about it. And people think salvation is regular attendance in church. Mm -hmm. all, all of our key preachers that we listen to, and I ain't talking about nobody, I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But all of our key preachers, all of the stellar preachers that we like, Kayla, you've never even seen them offer an invitation. You, you can't tell me the last time you've seen an invitation other than the Billy Graham crusade. In probably the last 20 years where the invitation was on camera and we saw the preacher pleading for souls to come to Christ. We don't see that anymore. We watch praise breaks and shouts break out. And that's what we, we don't show brokenness at the altar. We will say, uh, look at the praise break that broke out when they were preaching. Uh, look how they killed this house. Or look how, but we're not, we're not seeing salvation imparted anymore. We, we get all these prophecies, nothing about salvation. Everything's about getting rich and you having a great life. And I see this in your life and I see that in your life. And we're talking to people who may or may not even be living right. And so God just convicted me and said, preach salvation. And you've been there since we've been preaching. I think we've baptized between the churches 30 or 40 people in the last few months. Um, and I'm still on that because I think that's the thing. I can teach other stuff in Bible study. But when I'm preaching, while I got that mixed crowd, I'm just, I'm putting, I'm, I'm jumping on salvation with both feet. Can you talk about, you said some folks think that they can just come to church and be saved and they're going to make it. Can you talk about yeah, coming up in a Pentecostal church? One of the things that made me cringe until I heard you break it down yeah. and good teaching. We'll do that. Um, one of the things that made me cringe was like uh, eternal salvation. Ah. Once saved, always saved. Once saved, always saved. Versus eternal security. Yeah. Those are two. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, you could get off the wrong path, right? And and so, I ain't no theologian, so I ain't gonna, you know, but I, it would make me a little cringeworthy because I'm like, no, like, we can be saved and decide to walk away. We can be saved and decide, well, I want this no more. We could, like... We could be saved in the church and still not make it. The scripture tells us that folks... Could you be saved in the church or could you just be in the church? You, you could have accepted Christ. Talk it out. So you, talk it out. You're doing great. Talk it out. You could accept Christ mm -hmm. and be a churchgoer and serve and preach and usher and go to hell. And go to hell. But could you be born again and go to hell? Ooh, that's, that's the question. I agree with the statement you just made. I think you can accept Christ, go to church, serve fervently, and go to hell. But I think accepting Christ, I, I think it's what kind of like the conversation with Nicodemus. Mm -hmm. Ye must be mm -hmm. born again. So here's the thing. There is no way to be unborn. Yeah, okay. Once you hear, you hear. Now, you, you're going to die at, at some point. Yes. But you cannot be unborn. It, and if we believe that the spirit is more powerful than the flesh, 
If I cannot be un, and it is, and I cannot be unborn in the flesh, mm-hmm. then certainly I cannot be unborn in the natural. So our real problem, what we really have to discuss, is how many people are perpetrating salvation uh. but have never been truly born again. That number, oh my gosh. You, you understand what I'm no, saying? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- be- yeah, because, yeah. Of, because of how loose, right? And, and, and so, uh, is a Jew. Jew talks about, Jew talks about how they crept in unaware. Yeah. And that's because uh, he's, he's talking to, to the leaders or to the preachers who have stopped watching the door. And so for other reasons now we want people in church, not for them to be born again. We want them in for money. We want them in for their gifting. We want musicians because they can play. We want politicians so they can influence downtown for us. We want lawyers so they can get us out of trouble or so we can tout, tout them about town as a sophisticated uh, 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 delegation we have in our church with this group of professionals. We want people in church for every reason but seeking after the salvation of their souls. And that creates a problem that people now are not being told when they're born again. And when they're not. Mm-hmm. And so we're taking a very cheap and insufficient knockoff. Mm-hmm. It, it, a matter of fact, my man calls it cheap grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, yeah. who yeah. says, he says, it's grace that requires nothing mm-hmm. uh, from us. That grace isn't strong enough to get us into heaven. Yeah. And, and I think therein lies the argument. And the reason we say once, we don't say once saved, always saved. You're a lawyer, you'll appreciate this. That's like saying, it's, what is it? The Second Amendment is the right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. Right? So we say Second Amendment says, I have a right to bear arms without any history. Right. That's a, that's a, no pun intended, a loaded statement. <laughs> because you don't have any of the history. Yeah. You don't know where that comes from. Yeah. You don't know what that means. But you keep saying, I got a right to bear arms. So when people say, once saved, always saved, they're saying that without any history, without any. And that, uh, to, to people's defense, that used to come across the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And that's the most juvenile way of explaining salvation. Got it. It's actually called eternal security in that those whom the Father have given to Jesus in his hand, no man, when you look it up, it means even self, can pluck them out of, out of his hand. The other thing we have to remember is that if you accept Christ and then recant, Jesus says you're lost There's no I, and there's no plan B. Those who have tasted this and walk away, there is no salvation for you. Suggesting Jesus is saying, or Paul is saying about Jesus, that those who taste it never walk away. Because if I walk away from true salvation and then try to come back, what am I coming back to? I have no words. <laughs> you got them. But ain't that a heavy statement? If you can walk away from true salvation, if you can walk away from being born again, if that literally means you took yourself away from God, how do you ever recover from that? I don't know. What I say on that, you all can sit with that. Um, that's our time. And we will see you again.